Welcome to the How to Anything podcast. My name is Nick Billock, and this podcast is all about translating my 50 or so years on this planet into stories of how to do so many things that sometimes have everything to do with each other and other times nothing at all. My goal in each episode is to tell you the how behind something sprinkled in with life experiences that have literally taken me around the globe. Thanks for tuning in. So let's get on with this episode. Hello and welcome to episode 18 of the How To Anything podcast. This week, we are going to talk about how to do hard things. We have a phrase in our family and our marriage, I guess you could say, is we say, quote, I can do hard things. And this goes from physical endeavors to family related things. Um, and we go way back uh, with a history when we have looked something in the face and decided to move forward and do it. So in this episode, regardless of your background, regardless of your age, what hand life has dealt you, what your limitations might be or not, um, your financial status, it doesn't matter. I think there's a little bit of something here for everybody. So let's talk about it, how to do hard things. And I want to kind of go through my life. And this isn't an about me or about Nick type of episode here. And it's not to brag or say anything like that. But I want to tell you who I am, what kind of childhood I had when it came when it came to ability, um, sports, and kind of what I thought about myself, what I think about myself today. And also go through the things that I have accomplished uh, based on that, and then kind of talk about what are the obstacles that we face when it comes to doing hard things, and then some keys to success that that I've written down and like to share with you. So for me, I was born in 1973, so I just celebrated my 50th birthday. And going back to growing up as a kid, I graduated from high school of about 70 people in my graduating class up in uh, Northeast Ohio. Uh, it was an all-white school, no race um, really across, except everybody's just white folks and uh, not a lot of demographic differences. I mean, financial, I guess, is different, but from a like a, a race and diversity, not much of it. So kind of paint the picture about where I was going to school in, in the 80s and the, the time of hair bands and everything else. And I was definitely that kid in in gym class that was picked last. So when they separate and they have two team captains and everyone picks their own team, I'm going to be the guy that's last. So I was not part of the popular crowd. I was the person that was in band. And in our school, if you were in the band, that was the look down upon thing to do. Uh, I was just, uh, you know, I had a few friends and I was good in math and my classes and stuff and really didn't do much with sports. So academically, I was okay. And I think I always had some type of a perfectionist attitude. I always wanted to do the best, but I never really thought much of myself. And I will tell you here sitting today that even recently, my my wife and one daughter was, was telling me that I kind of need to quit the self-loathing 
because there are definitely times even within the last week or two where I just don't like myself. And I think um, what I do is not good enough. So I'm always pushing myself to do better, strive for more, uh, but I never really feel like I've achieved it so much. So I'm always pushing forward, but then I have to come back and remind myself, I am good enough. I have done good things in my life and I always give my best. But for some reason, there is that that voice that is always saying, nah, you're not quite, you're not quite good enough. You can always do better. So coming back to, you know, I can do hard things. Like if you're going to write this on a sticky and throw it on your, your bathroom mirror or your refrigerator, what a great mantra. I can do hard things, but, but it's, it's a matter of, do you believe that you can do hard things? So going all the way back, go back to that kid in high school, non-athletic, nothing. I ran, I think it was the 400 in as a sophomore in high school, one season, wasn't any good at it, never went back to it. That was the one and only sport I did in all of school was one year of high school track. I played t-ball and little league baseball and things like that outside of school, but inside school, that was it. Now go back or not go back, but go up a few more years later, as far as doing hard things, a recruiter got me. I was wiping off tables at a McDonald's here in my local town. And they approached me about joining the military. I never even considered it. And then they threw in front of me nuclear power school. Now, if they would have come to me and said, how would you like to go to the hardest academic school in the Navy? Period. Bar none. This is it. And nuclear power school, even today, is the most difficult school to get through. The attrition rate is not good. Lots of people don't make through, but definitely a difficult thing that I went towards. I barely passed, but I got through it and became a nuke, as we say. So again, that's academic, not physical, and moving forward several years, uh, six or seven years. I'm not sure what bug bit me, but I was probably going to a local running club in the Hampton Roads, Virginia Beach area. And someone convinced me to run my first marathon. And again, this is a guy, I got long legs. I have a shorter upper body. If you saw me running down the road, I have a very unique gait. It's not fluid. It's not beautiful. Nothing I really do in, in that physical stuff when it comes to physical exercise. I don't move well, never have, but I leaned into it did my first marathon. And if we look at my whole big picture from other podcasts, you know, I've finished 62 marathons and ultra marathons. So I, that definitely went somewhere, but I was still, I was still that same guy. I was still the same guy that didn't get picked when I was in, in grade school, still not that popular kid. I still wonder why Margie picked me, why she stayed with me, why she's still here with me. I love her, uh, but I always wonder, you know, why, you know, why did she stick around? You know, why did she pick me? No one else would. <laughs> so why did she? And, and I appreciate it. I love her for that. But, to, but together, we have looked at this about doing hard things. And we're even looking forward about, you know, hiking the Appalachian Trail, which is over 2000 miles from Georgia to Maine, doing it together all at one time over about four or five months. 
looking at a couple years into the future about doing this, but doing hard things together. And the thing in your head is, you know, an obstacle that's always there is fear about, you know, I'm afraid to do this. And one of the things with fear is that first acknowledge that it's there, but try to figure out where is that fear coming from? Is it from something in the past? Is it from something that you believe about yourself? Because if you believe that you can't do it, that may not be true. I guess it could be true. But a lot of us want to say, well, I can't. I just can't. You don't really have a valid reason, but you tell yourself that I can't do it. So that fear is something that has to be addressed. And identifying where that where that fear comes from, a lot of times it's coming from a place that is not real or it's not it's not something that you should give traction in your life. So to instead say, maybe I can and give that just a little bit of real estate in your mind that perhaps I could do whatever. But it's really difficult. Um, we're a flawed human race. Um, we were born imperfect. We're never going to be perfect. We always have room to grow, always have room to get better. But it's very easy to think I can't. But you have to start rewriting that script in your head and saying, perhaps I can. And maybe not do it to the beautiful, you know, imagery that you might see in a magazine or on TV, but perhaps in a way that you can you can do it. You know, we have this culture of comparison when we look at social media and we browse through Instagram and we see these beautiful people moving so well. You know, I often, when I'm out maybe doing heavy back squats or you name it, name the movement that I do in CrossFit in the garage gym, take your pick, how I feel I look versus what the camera records are two very different things. But I do the best that I can I critique myself on key movements to try to get better, but I walk out there every day saying, you know, this is this particular day is going to be very difficult, but I'm going to do what I can do. I'm going to meet that fitness school where I am today based on how I slept, how I ate, all the circumstances in life, and I'm going to do what I can do today, me. So when you look at how to do hard things, Keep that in mind. The That trap of comparison can be just devastating and it can derail you before you ever even get started. So then kind of let's pick up where in more recent years, you know, we talked about running and the ultra marathons and all that. But then what about doing hard things like, I don't know, deploying to Afghanistan, rejoining the Navy after being out for six years and leaning into things that were difficult in, I don't know, I guess you could say being afraid, definitely fear when you're going to going to deploy to a third world country in a war zone, where they issue you a nine millimeter and say you're going to wear body armor everywhere you go. There's definitely some fear in about well, I can't, but I took an oath and I, and I said I will. So I lean into it. And I give it my very best. Now, there is one thing about the whole doing hard things. In no way do I think that you should just blindly go into stuff and just say, oh, I just, I'm going to give it my best and what happens, happens. I think there's a lot to say when it comes to due diligence, researching, 
you know, there's so many ways to research different things. So if I was deploying to Afghanistan or say I was going to switch jobs, take what I did recently, I left a government job and I am now working in real estate and I am doing several military funerals per week. I could have just said, I'm going to do this hard thing of not having a regular paycheck every two weeks just because I want to. I got licensed in real estate, so I'm leaving this job and I'm diving in and what happens happens. To me, that's irresponsible, that's wrong. And I need to put forth the effort to do some research. The bills are still going to come. Taxes still need to be paid. We still have two girls that will get married. We still have different things and expenses that we have and life to live. So I did that research. I found out what I'll be doing with real estate, with military, staying in the Navy and figuring out, okay, this can work. This is going to be definitely uncomfortable, definitely different, but it's a hard thing that I'm not used to. I mean, all the way back to like age of 16, I have always had a regular paycheck. Now I'm 50. So some 34 years later, I'm going to strip away that, that every other week paycheck and move into this period of the unknown. And that's difficult. And so when we say how to do hard things, it's not just a physical endeavor like doing a Spartan race or an ultra marathon or CrossFit or hiking the Appalachian Trail. It's all kinds of hard things. Or even talking to somebody, talking to somebody that might be, you have been uh, estranged from them for many, many years and you need to step into that discomfort to try to mend a relationship or to speak to a supervisor at work. You know, how do you, do you just walk in there blindly or do you kind of write things down, gather your thoughts, do your research? What do I want to say? Calm yourself. If you're a person of faith as I am, that you pray through everything. You know, I'm not making this a faith episode. If I were, I would tell you, you lead everything in prayer. Uh, the last episode I talked about, or two episodes ago, I talked about let go and let God very much believe that get out of the way yourself but today we're kind of we're not stripping out faith because for me it, it's a universal thing that goes with everything that i do but i want to speak to everybody today about doing hard things and how you you don't just walk into them blindly but you research them you look into them and you do that due due diligence now Going back to those obstacles I was telling you about, you know, we're afraid, we doubt ourselves. And that thing that I struggle with, I'm not good enough. I have to constantly go back to that. I don't think I'm ever going to get out of that. I think it's always going to be there. I think it's always going to be a cloud over my head. I don't know why. I've tried to pray my way through it. I have uh, kicked it to the curb many times. You know, some days you have just great days and you feel like a million bucks. But honestly, when everybody goes away, everything is silenced. When I'm left by myself at the end of the day, I often think I'm just not good enough. And that makes it difficult then to do hard things tomorrow. So I have to reset my brain and say, no, I can. The irony in that is that the really difficult, tough things are attractive to me. But on the other side, I say, I'm not good enough. I can't. But tomorrow I'm ready to sign up for for example, the Spartan Ultra, that's a Spartan race, but it's over over 50 kilometers. It's basically 
two of the beast races by Spartan plus another five miles. It's insane, but it's attractive to me. I, I know it, it makes no sense whatsoever. I don't know. I can't explain the rationale in my head. At one side, I'm not good enough. The other side, it's like bring on the challenge. The harder, the better, the, the worse it is, the more I want to do it. It makes no sense, but I keep pushing forward. So a couple keys to success. When you look at, you know, at doing hard things and looking at that next thing and maybe getting off the couch and trying something new is number one is to humble yourself. I think you really need to humble yourself and say, I am who I am. I am exactly the way God made, made me. Uh, I am a product of decisions I've made in my life, but maybe other things have come into your life that weren't a product of your decisions. But a lot of what you are, what I am, are a product of decisions that I've made, how I've taken care of myself throughout my life, whether I've taken care of myself, abused myself by what I've done or taken or what have you, fill in the blank there. But we need to humble ourselves to accept where we are today. Number two, so we need to you know, like I mentioned earlier, due diligence. Don't just enter things foolishly. Don't just walk into it and say, whatever, whatever. Actually do some research, set some realistic expectations for yourself, something that's measurable, observable. So you can then walk into that and not, not get discouraged and set yourself up for success. Number three, if you're a person of prayer, then I would say, hey, go ahead and pray ahead of it. You know, pray through that, pray morning, day and night. You have people around you, pray with them, ask them to lift you up in prayer. But going to prayer is never the wrong answer. It's always the right answer. So if the shoe fits, definitely wear it. So I said, humble yourself, due diligence, do the research, pray. Number four, know your why before you start it. Why is that? Why would I sign up for that crazy Spartan event? Or why would I decide to leave one job and go to another? Why would I decide to do any type of hard thing and not just be comfortable? Why? If you can't state your why, it's going to be difficult to continue that hard thing when it's difficult. What is that fire that's burning? There's no fire burning. It's just going to fizzle out. So knowing your why is critical. Lastly, this is a big one. Not encouraging failure here, but be okay with failure. But that, but don't let that decrease the effort that you put forth and learn from it and then try again. So failure is not failure in the big picture. I'll give you an example. I follow SpaceX pretty closely um, in the thing, different things that Elon Musk does. So one thing that they do, and my wife doesn't want to hear anything more about this, but they launch rockets at least once a week, sending different commercial partners, uh, satellites into space. They take astronauts to the International Space Station and they're constantly sending in batches of Starlink satellites into orbit. Well, when that rocket leaves Earth, the first stage is recovered and it comes right back down to Earth. 
but it lands. It kicks out its legs and it lands on a barge floating out in the middle of the ocean, like perfectly, beautifully every time. It's amazing to watch that this can even happen. They landed out on a barge. They landed on land. I just saw it a couple days ago. Again, that blows my mind. But in order to get to that point, they crashed them over and over and over again. There's all kinds of videos of them landing in the ocean, exploding on land and exploding because they were learning how to do something that man had never done before. It was a brand new thing to actually recover and essentially recycle, you know, reduce, re reuse, recycle these first stage uh, rockets to then reload them, reuse them again, reuse them again, reuse them again, instead of having to build a whole nother rocket again. So that failure is something that they learn from and learn from and learn from. And then just about a month ago, three to four weeks ago, you may have seen them launch Starship. Now Starship is the vehicle that they plan to go to Mars with. And eventually in the big picture, launch a lot of them, constantly sending supplies and people and colonizing Mars. That is the big picture and that's really happening. Well, we, not we, SpaceX had never launched that, that rocket or that Starship on top of a rocket and cleared the tower before. It's so massive that no amount of thrust on a rocket had ever even been attempted to leave the tower before and, and successful at it. You know, eventually it did get into not quite orbit. It was up there. It was trying to separate from the first stage and it failed. And then they basically detonated it over the ocean and it exploded. And that was the fail safe if something went wrong. But from their viewpoint, it just leaving the tower was a victory. And anything more than that was icing on the cake. So from that failure, they gained all that data to then feed back in to the next launch, which is probably coming up here pretty soon. So that failure, if you think about that feedback loop, always coming back, as you, as you try something difficult and say you fail at it, come back to it again, come back to it again, keep doing it. Think about getting, um, go back to the fitness area and you're working on your pull-up. And when I started CrossFit back in 2014, I couldn't do a single pull-up, not one. That's changed, but it's taken a lot of work and perseverance. And you can, you can apply these things to so many things, academic, socially even, things you do at work. It could be, I'll give you another example, go back to the church. And I, can't, I couldn't imagine getting up in front of 400 people with a mic in my hand and praying on an Easter Sunday, you know, the most attended service of the year. I can't imagine, I couldn't have imagined doing that. And I did it four times on this past Easter Sunday, got up there four different services and I'm perfectly comfortable doing it. Don't mind it at all. But back then it maybe took praying in front of a small group and then eventually just going up there. Now, when I do that, I will tell you that even today I walk off that stage and I am sweating, even though I'm standing up there, not even moving, I break into a sweat because it's difficult. But when I go up there, remember due diligence, I take some notes. I pray about my, I literally pray about my prayer. I try to clear my mind and I go through 
things I want to pray about, but it's that, it's that preparation. It's accepting that I'm not going to do it perfect, but I'm going to give it my very best. And in service number one out of four, if I say or do something that I didn't really like how that came out, I'm going to change it and fine tune that for the next time I pray. One example, it is applicable to anything. But let me say this, you can do hard things. Hear that. That little negative voice in your head, shut it down. Hear me tell you that you can do hard things. And now you flip it around and own it. Write it down on a sticky. Put it somewhere. I can do hard things. Now what is that next hard thing that you're going to pick? What's it going to be? What is something you've been thinking about doing that it just sits there in the web browser and you look at it, you look at it a lot, and you never quite you know, pull the trigger on it. Maybe now's the time to do it. Humble yourself. Do your due diligence. Pray about it. Know your why before you go into it. And be okay if you don't do it perfect. Be okay with some failure. Just make sure you learn from it. And that's it. That's how I try to approach every, every day. That's how I try to approach a transaction or a new client when I sit down with them realizing that everything is going to be a learning curve. It's going to get uncomfortable, but I'm going to learn. I'm going to lean into it. I'm going to learn from mistakes that I make, try to minimize those and keep pushing forward. And then tomorrow morning when I get up and I walk into that garage gym and there's a movement schedule that I'm really not too good at, I'm going to do my very, very best and lean into that. And who knows what tomorrow holds and what challenges are around the corner. But may I always lean into doing hard things and using my own tips to try to be successful and learning from my failures. So let that be an encouragement to you. And if you have any questions about anything I've talked about, any tips or suggestions for the podcasts, anything you want to hear about on a future podcast, you'd like to be a guest on a podcast, please reach out to me. Nick Billock Realtor at gmail.com. And please share this with friends. And I hope you guys have a great day. Until next time. Thank you for joining me on today's How To Anything podcast. Please feel free to share it with friends and family. And I hope you'll join me next time. Be sure to subscribe so you won't miss out. You can find me on Instagram at garageboxnick or via email at nickbillockrealtor at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to make today great.